0: Welcome to Common Ground Berlin, where we delve into hot button topics in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Today's topic is one the current governing coalition in Germany pledged to tackle when it formed in late 2021. Two years later, the Traffic Light Coalition announced it will keep that promise, which is to simplify German citizenship, or Einbürgerung. That is great news for Germany, which is an increasingly international country dependent on immigrants for its survival. But will the draft law to be voted on later this year do what its proponents claim, or will there still be obstacles to immigrants wanting to become Germans? Joining me in the studio to discuss the new law are Rachel Loxton, who is an editor at the online daily The Local Europe, and who hosts its Germany in Focus podcast, and Zainab Yanashmayan, who heads the Migration Department of the German Center for Integration and Migration Research. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Lovely to be here. Hello. Thank you for the invitation. We are also joined via Zoom by German immigration lawyer Julie Schaefer, who practices in Dusseldorf. Welcome, Julie. Thank you for having me. Julie, I'm going to start with you. What are the specific changes we can expect if this law is voted on?
1: If this law is voted on, Soraya, then the first thing, which is for everyone the most important, is that you do not need to give up your current citizenship in case you naturalize, meaning you can become a dual or even a multiple citizen while becoming German as well. And at the same time, which is also rather interesting, for most of the people living here, the time frame where you need to legally reside in Germany is going to be shortened. At the moment, it is eight years and they're planning on doing it in five years then. In addition, which is also interesting, perhaps, for the children who grew up in Germany and were born in Germany and became German because their parents lived here for eight years, um, they do not need to have the option or to choose the option between their former citizenship and their current citizenship. And especially the coalition wants to make a recognition for the lifetime achievements of the so-called guest workers. This. Persons do not need to take a naturalization test anymore and their language skills are sufficient if they have an oral knowledge of German and they do not need to have the written, the hearing and the oral B1.
0: Just to explain to listeners who might not know the phrase guest workers, because we do have listeners in the U.S., I'm wondering, Zainab, if you can explain what is a guest worker by the German definition.
2: Yeah, so that's after the post-war, in the post-war period, around 1964, this was the agreements that was put in place. I mean, 64 is specifically for the Turkey one, but we had a bunch of others with other countries. So these were labor agreements between the states that allowed uh, quite a substantial number of immigrants to come here to Germany as workers. The idea behind that being called a guest worker is that they were going to, at some point, return back to their country, which has not happened.
0: So, Julie, just to follow up with you, when you and I spoke about the coalition's promises to change the immigration law six months ago on this podcast, I mean, you had some reservations about some of it. And I'm wondering if this draft law is different from what you expected back then.
1: No, it is absolutely what I expected. And um, it's even better because the time frame is really reduced of three years, which is a lot nowadays.
0: Rachel, are there key opponents, though, to this citizenship bill? Or is it smooth sailing expected in the Bundestag?
3: Well, there are definitely opponents to this law, specifically the Christian Democrats, the Christian Social Union. So that was the party of Angela Merkel. They're in the opposition now. And they've always been against modernizing, liberalizing the citizenship laws. And they've basically said they believe that the eight years to wait for to apply for citizenship is correct, because that's when people will be integrated. And they're also against holding multiple nationalities. So they're definitely against it, but they won't be able to kind of vote it
0: down in the Bundestag. Can they hold it up, though? Can they delay it in any way?
3: They will be able to have their say and they will be able to contribute what they think about it. And they will also be able to have their say in the Bundesrat, which represents the states, because, of course, the law has to go through the Bundestag and then the Bundesrat. But from speaking to MPs in the coalition government, they won't be able to veto it. They won't have the power in the Bundesrat.
0: And do we have an estimate as to when the vote is going to be? I know it's supposed to be sometime this summer, but I'm wondering if there's a more precise date.
3: It's a really good question. Everyone <laughs> everyone wants to know this, especially our readers as well. But actually, there's been a little bit of a holdup with the law and the process that it's been going. It was expected that the vote in the Bundestag would happen before summer. But now it seems that the vote in the federal cabinet will happen before summer. So it looks like the debates and the maybe some changes, then the vote will happen in the autumn, so after summer. And then it will kind of go through the process from there. So who knows when it will actually come into force if all goes as planned. The aim is for January 2024,
0: but let's see what happens in the next few months. Julie, will it be different in different states in terms of how you apply for the citizenship, the tests you have to take, the questions you have to answer, uh, the wait? Because obviously it's not going to happen from one day to the next.
1: No, so this is going to be a federal law. So every federal state needs to implement or it's going to be implemented in every federal state at the same time. However, of course, the administration is federal. So this leads to the other questions, how are the authorities going to deal with it? And several city-states like Hamburg, Berlin, they already have a long waiting line. And if this changes will come through, then the waiting line is going to be even longer.
0: So... If you had to guess at this point, or give an educated guess, since you go through this process with people, how long will it take people who apply to actually become citizens once the new law is enacted, the federal law is enacted?
1: Unfortunately, I do not have a crystal ball at the moment. The waiting time is around about in Berlin, 22 months. So it's going to be even longer, I'm assuming. It can be up to three years. So perhaps it's already, you can already start the application after two years and grow into your claim. This would be a good one.
2: Zainab, you wanted to add something. Yeah, I would like to add something, particularly on the Berlin case that I know a little bit better than the others. One, the other development that coincides with the change of law is that Berlin how decided to centralize its authorities for um, naturalization. So it used to be that in every sort of neighborhood you had one authority. Now it's going to be centralized. It's going to be also boost up in terms of staff. So they're going to they are acquiring more staff, but this is already leading to a lot of backlogs in the Berlin applications. In some neighborhoods, they don't take applications any longer because this centralized office is going to be in charge starting 2024. So that's now already creating an additional backlog in Berlin. And then we need to count with the fact that the amount of eligible people will increase substantially, which means that we will going to have even more delays than what we're having now with less people eligible for citizenship. So implementation is the key here, and it's going to be unfortunately, problematic. And you can only apply where you're angemeldet, I mean, where you're
0: registered. Is that uh, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, You wanted to add something, Rachel.
3: Yeah, I was just going to add that there's currently 27,000 people waiting for citizenship
0: in Berlin. (laughs) (laughs) Our senior producer, Dina, raised her hand. She's one of them.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there's a long wait at the moment, as Julie was mentioning as well. And it's crazy if you think about it. I think Berlin is equipped to handle about 8,000 applications per year. That was the case in 2010, and it's not changed since then. So obviously, it's welcome that they're centralizing it. They're adding more staff, but you can see the problem. And I think it's a problem all over Germany as well, not just Berlin.
0: Well, Julie, do you know of other German states that are perhaps better set up than Berlin, as we've described here? I mean, I don't know, is Düsseldorf or nordrhein westphalia is that in better shape?
1: It always depends. The smaller cities are faster because they don't have that many foreigners who want to become German, apparently. Um, there it can take to three, four months until the decision is made. Um, every huge city takes even Darmstadt. I think Darmstadt is the worst, so it takes quite some time. But I wanted to add that the government and the draft are saying that the citizenship authority on a municipal level, they should take per case 109 minutes. So it's less than two hours in order to decide whether this person is eligible or not. And I'm really interested in where they got their numbers because already it takes me sometimes longer, but sometimes much shorter to see if somebody's eligible or not.
0: Well, uh, Julie, do you have concerns about this draft law? I mean, we're talking about the administration of it, you know, the application of it, which is going to be uh, a bit of a headache. It's probably understating it. But are there immigrants from specific countries or regions who will still face an uphill battle to get citizenship in Germany? Or is everything going to improve for everyone and the law itself is not problematic?
1: I don't think there is going to be any hurdle for anyone. The only thing is um, Germany guarantees dual or multiple citizenship when this law passes. However, there are still countries like South Africa who are saying you're not allowed or not entitled to have dual citizenship unless you have a retention permit or something similar. So Germany will guarantee it. However, the country of origin may be not allowing it.
0: Zeynep, what about you? I mean, uh, what do you think is going to happen with migrants? Are there going to be some who are still going to face obstacles to getting citizenship?
2: I mean, I do tend to think so. It's not on the basis of nationality. So it's not going to be sort of discriminatory on the basis of nationality or anything. But I mean, we do keep the livelihood criteria, which is very clear that's going to disproportionately affect some of the disempowered or marginalized migrants who cannot potentially uh, fulfill this criteria. So that's one concern that I have personally that is going to be difficult because it's very much underlined that you need to be economically active to be able to get the citizenship.
0: Is there a particular euro limit or something that's been listed? Uh, anyone can answer that if you know off the top of your heads what it is.
2: I don't know the actual number and I do think that's just um, regulated. The you know lower basis would so say this is not going to be in the law. So they're not going to regulate it with the law, but they're going to be probably some circulars or whatsoever in terms of I mean, you need it to be not dependent on welfare so julie i think wanted to add something i see her hand on the little zoom camera so and then rachel
0: will add something as well go ahead
1: yes you are correct you are not allowed to get uh, money from the job center however kindergeld so money you get for your children or arbeitslosengeld eins is not taken into consideration but still if you have a job and you're still on probation for the normal period of six months it also happens that they're delaying and waiting if you will be kept in the company or not. So they're really looking for it.
0: Now, what if you don't work, but you have money? I mean, let's say you're a retiree, you're receiving Social Security from the United States, or you have money in savings. I mean, is that considered if you're-
1: That is, yes, this is also considered, of course. However, then you need to explain a little more. And you need, of course, to show all your savings. And I'm not sure if you want the state to know everything you have, (laughs) but this is a possibility. Yes. Great. Uh,
3: Rachel, what did you want to add to that? Yeah, this is actually a point that the Free Democrats really pushed on in this latest draft that we've seen. And that's one of the reasons that it's been a little bit delayed. So they kind of wanted to clarify that people need to secure their own and their family's livelihood. But there's still a little bit of friction amongst the coalition government about how that will work exactly. So, we can expect just maybe a few little changes there on that kind of topic.
0: We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the changes to the citizenship law and a little more on dual citizenship, which Julie mentioned earlier. Stay tuned. Hello, Common Ground Berlin listeners. My name is Kari.
2: And my name is Manuel.
0: And if you are learning German, you may have come across our Easy German videos on YouTube, where we interview strangers in the streets of Berlin. But did you know that we also have a podcast to help you learn German?
2: On the Easy German podcast, Kari and I chat about daily life in Germany. We break down
1: German expressions and recommend resources to help you become fluent. And if you decide to become an Easy German member, you'll get some nice extras. To listen, just search for Easy German in your favorite podcast app, or head to easygerman.fm
2: Hi there! Here's Diogo Pirsch. I'm the host of Europe Talks Solidarity. Is Gen Z transforming the way solidarity is lived in Europe? How can cities be transformed into inclusive spaces? What can we learn from local initiatives about solidarity? How can international solidarity be done in a responsible and sustainable way? There are just a few questions we will be approaching on season 2 of Europe Talk Solidarity soon. Join me for all of that and more. Produced by Salto European Solidarity Course Research Center. Till then.
0: Welcome back to Common Ground Berlin. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and joining me to talk about the impending changes to German citizenship are Rachel Loxton of The Local, Zeynep Yanashmayan of the German Center for Integration and Migration Research, and Dusseldorf-based migration lawyer, Julie Schaefer. One of the key changes that's coming that Julie mentioned is dual citizenship for non-EU citizens. That means, for example, that I, as an American, can keep my original citizenship in addition to taking on the German one, at least under German law. Zeynep, how important is dual citizenship to
2: immigrants in Germany? I personally think it's very important. I mean, we see studies that it's not as important to all nationality groups, but it is particularly important to certain groups, including one of the biggest groups uh, in Germany, which is the Turkey origin communities. I expect there to be really uh, quite substantial change. I can assume probably for American, it's not going to be all that different, that that will be important. But then for some other countries or for some other statuses, when you don't have to give up your original citizenship, which is, you know, if you're from Morocco, for instance, Morocco doesn't allow sort of giving up your citizenship, which means de facto, and that then falls in the exemption of the German law. So you can also become dual citizens. So there we don't expect so many changes because that wouldn't actually change that much for them. But for other groups, it would. And we also see that the um, famous naturalization codes or rates are really different for certain groups. And it's particularly low for Turkish communities, for instance.
0: Well, the Federal Statistical Office last month reported nearly 169,000 foreigners became German citizens in 2022, which was a 20-year high. Do you expect the new law to increase the number of naturalized German citizens? And from what countries and regions will there be the most applicants? And I'll start with
2: Zainab, and if someone else wants to add to that, they can. I expect applications to increase, whether naturalized citizens, the number of naturalized citizens will increase will depend exactly what we've just talked about, the implementation, to what extent the bureaucracy will be able to proceed with this application and process them in time. So that might change, but otherwise, yes. And the peak that we're seeing right now in the naturalization rates is mainly attributed to applications from Syrians who are now coming to the end of their sort of uh started with the fifth year, which exceptional, you know, rules, you can also become citizens after five years. But now six, seven and eight years will be soon um, fulfilled. And then that's why we see much more um, citizenship applications. And that's going to continue. I think the upward trend will continue.
0: Julie, do you see uh, among your clientele? I mean, is there a particular region or country that seems interested in German citizenship and in this new law?
1: especially the US citizens. They want to become Germans, but still be Americans. So I think the number will also increase. But I do also have the other way around, meaning German citizens who want to become a US citizen, a British citizen, since Great Britain is not part of the European Union anymore. They're considered as non EU and third party country. So if you want to become British and still be German at the moment you need a retention permit however the um, federal office of administration who is the official responsible authority for such retention permit they're not accepting anymore those retention permit applications since they are also awaiting the change of the law so they're telling my clients no we are not taking it just Keep your head low and await the change. So apparently in the ministries and in the administrative, they already are 100% sure that it's going to come. But on a personal level, I think most of the Turkish people who have been waiting since the loophole um, was closed in 2000. So they're not allowed to be Turkish citizens anymore. And this number is going to increase highly, I'm assuming.
0: So, uh, Rachel, let me ask you, is the opposition to dual citizenship, is it the same for Germans wanting to have the dual citizenship, or is the opposition to this law more based at people trying to come from other countries to Germany or to be citizens here?
3: I think the opposition is definitely kind of focused on people trying to become German and people don't really know that it also includes Germans abroad if that makes sense but in general the CDU the CSU is against kind of all liberalizing of the citizenship laws but I think the German public are maybe not completely aware that it does also concern Germans abroad being able to keep their German citizenship if the country allows it that they're naturalizing in and overall it's it's kind of split I think I remember um, a poll a few months back and it was very split with the public opinion on do we want to do we support modernizing the citizenship laws so that's quite interesting I think.
0: It is interesting. And as you say, the public may not be aware, but I certainly know the ministries are. I mean, my aunt, my mother, and my uncle, all of them were immediately told you must give up your German citizenship in order to become American. And they were very adamant about it. And then in fact, when my mother went back to get her German citizenship back, they basically uh, said, no, not unless you give up the American one. And they sort of blamed it on the Americans as if the Americans were causing the issue. And it's like, well, actually, it's the other way around. They haven't been, let's say, favoring Germans who have uh, dual citizenship either, from what I've seen.
3: Absolutely. And as you described, Soraya, it's an absolute nightmare for people who have to give up their citizenship, or it has been for many people. So I think a lot of people who have maybe done it quite recently, will also want to try and get their citizenship back, which is a possibility under some
0: conditions. So I, I can imagine that will happen as well. Do any of you know what impact the changes to the German citizenship law may have on other EU states, since German citizens as EU citizens can work and live anywhere within the EU? I mean, are there other countries that are raising objections or where your German citizenship may be lesser if you're a dual citizen or, or is up shaking her head? No, No, I doubt
2: it because Germany is actually one of the few uh, um, countries left in the EU that does not allow dual citizenship. So I don't think any other state would have any sort of um, objection towards dual citizenship acceptance because they're already doing themselves.
0: Julie, do you uh, have any thoughts on that? How other EU states may react?
1: I think it's the same as Zeynep told you. Um, We are living in the European Union, freedom of movement, And many of the European countries are allowing it, even France, who have a really high percentage of naturalization. So um, I don't think this makes any difference. And still, five years is a long time when you live and work and have a life here in Germany.
0: Are any changes to permanent residency in Germany envisaged or is that supposed to stay the same where basically it applies only to Germany? You can't, for example, use that to move within the EU. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think we have to apply for citizenship,
3: don't we, to to get the freedom of movement. I think one major thing to remember in all of this is that Germany is so worried about the worker shortage and it's you know, they've been estimating that they're gonna need four hundred thousand skilled workers per year to keep up as the, the generation before retires. And the citizenship modernization is also going hand in hand with the immigration law reform. So that is meant to cut red tape and make it easier for non-EU nationals to come to Germany. So I think what the coalition government is kind of packaging up and selling is like... Germany is attractive, come and stay, come and settle with us. But as we've been talking about, who knows how it will actually happen in practice? And is Germany actually ready for for this? You know, like it is an immigration country, but can it like live up
0: to all of this? Julie, do you see any efforts being made to, as Rachel said, accommodate the need for the hundreds of thousands of workers? I mean, anything to expedite their applications or anything to ensure that that happens for Germany?
1: There are changes in the making and already have been done. But however, it's always the same debate. The Christian democratic and the Christian socialized union, they're against it. They're telling everyone this is uncontrolled migration, which is absolutely not true, because you need to fulfill the requirements before you even can get a visa from the third countries. And it's still, I see it with our clients, the waiting line until the German mission abroad answers or takes on your application. It's really, really long. And if they do not change that, then other countries are going to be more attractive. So they really do need to do something.
0: Well, that's actually interesting. So getting your German citizenship, can you do that? Let's say I'm I'm a Berlin resident, but let's say I go home to California or I go to Washington, D.C. or something. Could I apply there at the embassy to sort of fast track it? Or is that not feasible with the new citizenship law?
1: <laughs> this wouldn't be not feasible. It's still it is still necessary that you live here permanently for the five years. Of course, you can stay abroad for a certain time. At the moment, it is six months. If you stay longer than you need from the Foreigner's Office um, a so-called re-entry permit, eine wieder Einreise. and then this is not a problem. However, under the current law, it is possible if you live, for example, five years in Germany, then you leave for five years in the US, you come back, those years you already spent here can be taken into consideration until a certain amount. So at the moment, this is five years. With a new law, they're going to reduce it, of course, to three years. However, then you need two additional years here and you can already apply and have a claim to become German.
0: You cannot apply through a foreign embassy and say, I live in Berlin, but I'd like to become a citizen. I'm just here for a visit.
1: This is not possible, according to the claim.
0: (laughs) I'm looking for shortcuts (laughs) for people.
1: (laughs) But if I'm being honest with you, it's not shorter, because if you live abroad, you need to, as mentioned also previously, put your application with the federal office of administration. And they have a waiting line for two up to two and a half years at the moment from submission.
0: So my last question to all of you, what steps should people take now if they are interested in becoming German citizens, given the law that's now coming down the pike? For example, should people take German language tests or the 33-question Einbürgerungs test or maybe set up an appointment at their local Amt or agency handling citizenship applications given the delays, when we were talking about 22 months here in Berlin, or should people just wait until the law passes? What would each of you suggest? And I'll start with Rachel. I would
3: say that people should definitely start preparing. You can get your your B1 German language certificate or... C1 which will be the the future fast track that you can get in 3 years which is amazing. Um if you're going to qualify you could do the citizenship test, you can get all your documents in order and I don't know maybe maybe Julie can can chip in as well but I think you could apply now because by the time it gets through it seems like it will be the the new law probably.
0: <laughs> what do you think Julie? What should people
3: do?
1: Yeah. I would recommend the same if you want to become a German citizen. And even if the authority is already a little bit faster and can decide you can always put your application on hold. They are aware of the com- upcoming changes. And most of the authorities, which I have been in contact with, or my colleagues, they are, have do not have any problems to put the application on pause, because they do not need to look at the file anymore for a certain amount of time. They are free to do other things. So this is also a possibility.
0: <laughs> Great. Um, Zeynab, what advice would you give people?
2: I mean, I would say good luck finding an appointment to start with because that seems to be a huge, huge problem right now. I mean, I've been, uh, you know, looking at different groups just because of research interest. What are people talking about? And it seems like, oh, do you have any appointment in Berlin? And that's really the reality right now. And as I said, because there's other changes also happening, that everything is on post. So they're not really and a lot of these things, also the tests. And so you can't just go and take it on your own. It has to be centrally sort of as you have to be assigned to it. So it's very difficult to prepare for that. Same for um, giving up your own citizenship right now. No embassy would allow you to be stateless in the meantime. So you have to wait to get your, you know, uh, to actually be able to get the you know, stripped of your other citizenship. I mean, now obviously this is not gonna be necessary, we hope, so then that's a step less, so already that's an achievement. Um, I guess there's not that, I mean, yes, I mean, if you don't speak good enough German, get your uh, German up to speed, um, but otherwise, I'm afraid we will have to all wait for the bureaucracy to um, be able to manage this whole process.
0: Sounds like lots of fun. I should ask Dina while she's in the studio, and since she's our guinea pig going through the process, have you been able to get an appointment? Um, I was not able to get an appointment in the infamous Panko office, which apparently has only two employees who work part time.
3: So I've been eligible to apply for the German citizenship since two years ago.
2: And I've been trying to get an appointment for two years and I failed. And before I gave up, I hired a lawyer and this was the only way for me to actually have my application process, which to me is very
0: unfair because it draws a line between who can afford a lawyer and who cannot afford a lawyer. And um, to me, that's a very clear demarcation that I'm very bitter about. (laughs) Uh, So, Julie, is that a a similar experience? I mean, do you have a lot of people coming to you in frustration because there's no other way that, you know, to be able to do it?
1: Unfortunately, yes. However, this is good for us, of course. And we are always happy to be able to help so and if i'm being honest sometimes it's also not easy for us to get a hold of them but in the end we are always trying to do what's best for our clients
0: do you think then that this law is going to make your job easier
1: it's depending because as i mentioned the retention permit was also um, a product if i may call it like that we offered we were helping people retain their German citizenship. And this product will go to waste directly. However, I think that many other people will, um, especially due to the backlog and the waiting time, get in touch with us to help them here in Germany.
0: Well, that's all the time we have today on this very fascinating subject. And I mean, I'm sure there are like a thousand questions we could still answer. Hopefully we will have some answers when the vote finally takes place later this year. Thank you, ladies, for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And again, my guests were Rachel Loxton, an editor at The Local Europe and host of its Germany and Focus podcast, Zainab Mayan, who heads the Migration Department of the German Center for Integration and Migration Research; and German immigration lawyer Julie Schaefer in Düsseldorf. I'm Soraya sarhadi Nelson, and thank you for listening to Common Ground Berlin. Our senior producer is Dina El Sayed, and our social media editor is Stefano Montali. Common Ground. Berlin is funded by a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action, and our partners are the German Marshall Fund of the United States and Checkpoint Charlie Foundation. All of our episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CGBerlinPodcast.